welcome to the Future Positive Podcast, part of the Future Positive community. I'm your host, Phil Hopton, Head of Customer Education here at Capitalize. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kirsty McGregor, founder of the Corporate Finance Network. Good afternoon, Kirsty. How are you? Hello, Phil. How are you? We are rattling through these this season, aren't we? I know. I can't believe we're halfway through our first season of the podcast, episode number four. And what I also can't believe is we're halfway through the podcast and we almost started this one without me pressing record. I mean, what a rookie mistake on my part, right? You'll get there eventually, won't you? How many many times have I used Zoom over the past year? How many times? Far too many, I'll tell you. Far yeah, too many. Far too many. So how, how's things um, How's things where you are, Kirsty? I, I see the weather is is glowing through your windows today. It is. I've got sun, sunlight coming through the window. It, it's cold out there, but it's it's all going for spring, isn't it? Let's go. Well, I've spring already... I've already managed to, to hit the shirts and the, uh, the shorts and the T-shirt at the moment. So, um, I, I mean, maybe not reading the weather quite right, but we'll get there. Anyway, um, so who are we talking to this week? Well, this week, our guest is Claire Benison. Claire is the head of the ACCA UK and judge for the Women in Accountancy and Finance Awards. Claire's held roles at Whitbread and Ericsson before moving into professional bodies with eight years at the CIPD before joining the ACCA, who now have circa 90,000 members, the fastest growing membership of all the professional bodies, as well as being one of the most diverse, diverse memberships. That's the word I was looking for. Um, Thank you for joining us, Claire. Thanks for taking time out your diary. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you very much for the invite Um, and hi to Kirsty as well. So, Kirsty, what are we going to be talking to Claire about today? Well, I've been working with Claire for the last 12 months or so um, in her role at ACCA. And prior to that, really had very little involvement with ACCA. And then our worlds collided. Um, and I'm glad they did because she really helped out with what was something that I needed at the time. And we've been working really closely ever since. So it's great to be able to interview her formally about how the professional bodies are coping uh, in supporting our accountancy profession over this time. So if you remember, Claire, it was I think you remember it was the end of March last year, beginning of April. And I'd put out a survey through my members of the CFN. Uh, which I called a critical assessment survey because I wanted to find out what was really happening on the ground. Rishi had just announced furlough. He'd just announced Siebel's, but I really felt like Siebel's wasn't working well at all. And we needed to do something about it to try and bring some attention to it. And I ran a survey of our member firms, which ended up being the equivalent of about 20,000, 18,000, something like that, business owners being represented to understand what, how they were feeling about cash flow and, and their ability to survive in those very early days. I created a monster. The BBC picked it up. It went completely viral. I had the, the stressful two days of my life, I think, on constantly with the media. And then got a contact from you to say, we really like what you're doing. Can we help? And I was like, yes, please, because I don't have the resource to run this again. Uh, and we've run it ever since together. I mean, it, it was such a, a powerful survey at the time, wasn't it? But how else did you find that you had to adapt as well so quickly last March? Oh yeah, thank, thanks, uh, Kirsty, and, and a big well done to you actually, because I, uh, I absolutely agree that survey really hit the market with huge impact, and it's been an absolute privilege to be able to support you in in taking it forward over the last year. And I'm really pleased as well; it's still getting great pickup. I think we were in the House of Lords this week around the uh, the issue of mental health, so it's been a really good one to work with you on. Um, I mean, adapt. I guess I guess we were un- we were like any other business really, in that everybody went from being 
largely office. You know, we had a hybrid business model. We did a lot of things digitally, but we still did a lot of things on the ground. And overnight, we had to move teams to work from home um, and move all of that member and student support uh, online. So huge undertaking. I think from, from the audience that we're talking to today, that would have largely would have been felt in, in the way that we would deliver technical advice, um, any support that we would give our members working in firms around any of the regulation changes. Um, but also, you know, if they've got trainees, then all of those exams suddenly went online. And with that comes all the anxiety for students who, you know, um, uh, yeah, are under high pressure anyway to suddenly then go and, and move that business model online and take online exams. So I would say apart from digital, that the, the big thing I noticed, and it goes to your point around um you know things were just moving so fast then so we could see the government was putting support out the tap was just literally being turned on and you could see accountants really desperately trying to make sense of that support and work that through for their clients and you know I think the last year has really shown the value of accountants in 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 the both the business um world but also in communities and local um, society as well so it was really important for us was how we could make sure we could get that really trusted advice and support out there as quickly as possible so we really had to look at like how could we be pacier you know professional bodies probably people look from the outside in and think there's these large cumbersome beasts and that they work at a slow pace and I think you know in some places that's absolutely right and we need to really address that as we move forwards but it was really important to us that we got that advice out to members in a way that they could digest. It was quick. And the, the feedback that we got was it was great that it got out quickly because they knew they could trust it. And I think, again, that goes to the heart of the, the value that professional bodies have is that we have to be accurate and we have to make sure that advice can really be, be trusted. And then finally, I'd say it was about ease. So, again, I think... Um, you know, I'm not giving any trade secrets away here, but the ACCA's website isn't perhaps the most easiest to use. Um, and again, that's something on our to-do list, but we were really clear that we needed to do as much as we could in a small space of time. So we introduced the COVID hub where we housed all of the information as well as using all different tools. And, you know, we're looking back at that now. We've had um, nearly 400,000 views of that, of that content. So they were largely the ways in which we adapted. I don't even remember if we slept in those first few minutes, to be honest, because it just was so fast moving, wasn't it? It was yeah. just crazy. And I know I, I worked really closely with Capitalize as well on the funding side around that time. And it, we, we were just having 6.30 a.m. phone calls to try and find the time to, to just, um, you know, collaborate and, and get that information between us and, and to, to be able to help. Um, and yeah, you know, ACCA did amazing stuff and, and have continued to. And so how else have you evolved that then? Because we, we never knew at the time that it was we were still going to be in this position 12 months later. I think we all thought maybe it'd be you know, three months, maybe we'd be back to normal by the summer. Um, so how has how that now evolved and into, into what you've been doing over the past year? Yeah, so I think I think the biggest um kind of learnings for us and where we've really been putting our focus and actually because you know it, it's also down to the work that we've done with you is really looking at how we can work in partnership with the profession so with the um the ecosystem of, of the right partnerships out there to again deliver advice and support to um firms as quickly as possible and relevant advice as well so we really need to be 
thinking about how we curate, curate those partnerships as well. So we bring forward the ones that are going to give most help and support. So we've carried on with the SME tracker, as we've just said, working with you. And I think, you know, I've just mentioned that was um, mentioned in the House of Lords, but we also know that was one of the sources for the government's um, introduction of the bounce back loans, for example. We, we know that came through. So that, that was a really, really great example, I think, of where partnerships worked. And clearly we're working with Capitalise as well, really trying to, uh, you know, your expertise is around the, the finance and the kind of modern digital uh, access to finance community. So it's about how do we bring us with our access to the membership together with the right partners to make sure that advice is there and that education piece is there. Um, so I think the feedback move back into government, how are we really drawing insight from the community and making sure that we're informing policymakers both in the moment, so giving them that um, that that insight around what's happening on the ground now which I think was a phrase you used at the 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 um the start of the conversation but also thinking about how we recover more sustainably and I think we've built up over the last year some really strong links back into to UK government and also the devolved administrations that we continue to build on that um I think the other thing I would say is as well is, is just getting closer to our members um, and really using them to help us refine and think about the proposition, both in terms of what it is we're talking about, where we need to put our support, but also the format. So really, really simple things like, you know, how do we move away from, uh, you know, very technically accurate pieces of information that are great and we need to retain that clearly but making them more accessible making them more digestible and usable because people just don't have the time as you say they need to be able to just pick things up um, and deliver them and, and within that being more inclusive so again how can we think about different modes of how we deliver support out um, to members as well um, and the profession at large and one of the things that we have done is and this is more on a global level. We've just uh, launched something called Practice Room, where you know we're using um, or we're working with with members around the world. And we did a session out in Africa yesterday, and there were people joining from all, all different time zones. And it's members really hosting conversations, and from that we're sort of seeing then what we need to do differently going forward. So I think if I was to summarise, I'd say it's been a very humbling year for us, um, and it's really taught us the value of recognising um, the, the answers and, and some of the insight in the membership is where we really need to be spending our time and breaking down those um, artificial boundaries really between us as the professional body and then our membership and really seeing it as, as a community and, and working more with, with partners as well. It's, it's so powerful, isn't it, when you hear those real stories from the front line, because you, like I, are not on the front line. We are, we're one step removed now. And, and, and what's been really great for me is speaking to some of your team and, and I'm sharing things that I'm hearing and, and they're saying, yeah, we're hearing that too. So then you, you get some confidence, don't you, then in, in, the, in the quality of information you're getting. But your senior leadership team have just been you know phenomenal in, in the way that you've adapted and you've done all those things as you've said and and so quickly which it, you know as you said professional bodies have not been known for historically uh, but you know the world has completely changed doesn't it yeah absolutely but I, and I still think if I say any advice to, to my team it is make sure you're talking to somebody every day because it's through those interactions that we're going to get the real insight to say, actually, we need to start thinking about moving our focus over there. Or, you know, as you say, if other people have been hearing that and then we need to start gearing ourselves up, to be able to support members in the right places at the right time. 
So do you think that's really how you you're now evolving, you know, recognizing what firms need going forward and and what types of opportunities longer term do you think there are for practices? I mean, I feel really, really hopeful about the opportunities for practices. I I think, um, you know, the last year, as I said earlier in the conversation, has really demonstrated the value of accountants in rebuilding the economy. And I think we really need to grab hold of that and, and run with it. So, I mean, digital without question, this has accelerated that. I think it's really how how we support now the profession in really embedding that in a way that is culturally significant within firms as opposed to it just being a part of or a function within a firm, a team within a firm. It really needs to embed itself in now. And I think if we can do that and really support people very practically through those partnerships we've created, And I think the sort of opportunities are absolutely, you know, it's around advisory. So how can we build forward, um, particularly in the small business community, but globally, because I think the opportunities are globally. I think international trade is one that feels quite remote at times for people, depending on where they sit. Um, If they're in a very small firm or sole practitioner, that can feel very remote. But actually, it's really accessible now that you have got... um, digital trade and I think as a professional body like ACCA which membership is all around the world and that 90,000 is just the UK you know we've got many members then sitting outside of the UK it's making those connections and I think that's where again we can step in and really support um, accountants and their clients really understand what opportunities exist as as the world starts to, to build back. Claire I've one of the things I'm interested in getting your take on so Obviously, there's been a, a massive amount of forced digital adoption over this past year, right? And adoption of new services, new technology and everything else. How do we stop people going back to doing what they did before? Because the danger is we look at it and go, oh, we did it because of this. But actually, oh, let's, the, the old way was easier, right? So let's go back to doing it. How can we stop them doing that? Because that's the biggest danger for me, I think, is we, we, we've moved so far but it's so easy to slip back to where we were. Yeah, and I think I think it's just a different take on the problem that we already had, wasn't it? Where, you know, looking at the change curve, you've got the clear kind of front of the pack that have really um, grabbed hold of digital. And you can see, I mean, we felt it in that first few months where, you know, within our membership, we have people who are going, I'm really, really busy, but it's working really, really well. And then those who are saying, I'm really, really busy, but I'm really, really buckling under the strain of not necessarily having all of those digital processes. I mean, I don't think there's an easy answer, but I would hope that, and I'm seeing in the way that members are interacting with our own kind of proposition, I think people have shifted and started to value and see the promise that exists within sort of digital adoption. I think it goes back to, which is a remind people of the principles. And I think it's also about how we get that really practical support. So we've got to break it down. We've got to make it digestible. And even if what we just nudge people, and when I say nudge, I don't mean really, really slowly, like over five years, but at least get them to take those steps where you're saying, okay, you may have got certain systems, you may have got certain app, app stacks within your framework but actually now what does that mean for you and how can you really focus on better that into the client experience talent I think is another thing and that's also on us as a professional body to make sure that 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 talent pipeline is available and it's equipped so that's about education and skills both within the qualification but also right here right now what are the things that we need to be giving our members and trainees to make sure they're, they're equipped and feel confident 
that they can take those steps. And then I'd say one final point, which is I think our role is also about helping people navigate what's the really, really um, cluttered landscape of different options that they can take. So I think there's a role that we need to step up into now and say, this is what's available and this is how you can make best use of that. You know, Claire, ACCA and the professional bodies, you're in such a, an unusual position, but, but powerful position, aren't you, in the in the ecosystem? Because you, you, you have to cover so many bases from dealing with Parliament and, and the decision makers, which is so important because who can who, who else can do lobbying at the moment when we just cannot get access? So that's so important that you're doing that. And then and then, you, you know, you're dealing on the ground with, with trainees and exams and, and, and practice regulation and then and then all this practical advice as well. Uh, and, it's, and you know, it's spinning, as you said, into mental health awareness as well for, to support practitioners and, and their firms. So, I mean, you're just doing an amazing job. And it's I really feel this year that it's it, it's less them and us with, with that situation. And that's been brilliant, hasn't it? So, um, yeah, great, Phil, don't you think? Really good chat. Oh, no. Awesome. Uh, it's so good to get your take on it. Claire, I've actually I'm going to be really cheeky and throwing an additional question here. So because um, obviously education, I, I, I work with the education at Capitalize. I, I'm kind of working with accountants every day to, to kind of show them about funding and the capital advisory piece. One of the things that, that, that surprised me, and this may have changed since the conversation I had, but I was talking to an accountant that I've known for years. And he said that one of the biggest challenges that he had with trainees and people coming in from doing kind of A-level accountancy and that kind of thing was that they were, they were coming in with a fantastic knowledge of SAGE, but maybe not so much knowledge of the other kind of technologies and the more kind of cloud-based technologies in there. Is that something that, that, that the ACCA has thought about, how they can kind of get that technology at the start of that journey to, to, to then empower it stronger throughout? Absolutely. In fact, I was having this discussion yesterday with um, with our chief executive, actually, and her team to say, how can we accelerate this more? It's, it's in there. So we've got it in there at the moment through our partnerships with the different main providers, um, largely giving people access as sort of an add on. Um, it's covered in the qualification, but you're right. And I don't want to get into the sort of technicalities of educational standards and what's practical and kind of what's academic, but it is in there. It's now I think about how do we pull that out as a skill as opposed to a, a knowledge attainment. And that's the kind of bit that we're working on is how do we really embed that now so people walk away with the, both the understanding, but also um, the skills. Um, so yes, it's available through ACCA at the moment. What we now need to do is how do we embed it? And digital exams, for example, and work simulation really give you the opportunity to do that. So I think you'll start to really see things. I mean, ACCA has always been really thinking ahead. That's our strap line anyway. Um, but I think you'll really start to see some really exciting developments coming through for us. We've heard it. We've absolutely heard it would be the message. Um, and yet, got it. We know what we need to do. That's awesome. That's so good to hear. Claire, look, thank you so much for your time today. And thank you for joining us. There's some brilliant insights there. And you know, I, for one, have really enjoyed working with the ACCA on, on kind of where I've been involved with you guys. And it's you know great to see what you're doing for your membership. So thank you very much for that. Um, you can find out more about Claire and the ACCA at accaglobal.com or follow them on Twitter at ACCA, ACCA underscore UK. I need to put my teeth in today. I don't know what's wrong with me today. I just can't seem to 
get my words out today. Uh, we are going to be back in two weeks and we will be joined by Lucy Cohen, who's a co-founder of innovative accountancy firm Matsuma. Um, and we're going to be talking technology and I'm sure lots and lots of other things as well. So Claire, thanks for joining us today. Kirsty, always great to uh, have you uh, alongside me on these podcasts and uh, we'll be back in two weeks. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye-bye. <laughs>